Good morning. Today I'm going to be reading 1 John 4, verse 7 to 12, NIV. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, everyone. We're going to actually start off this morning uh, with a video. So if you guys want to play that. God changes lives here. God changes stories here. God changes legacies here. But what happens when here is no longer here? What happens when this movement spills beyond the walls of these buildings? What would change if here wasn't just here? What if lives still changed here, but also lives changed here and here and here. What happens when we realize here is just defined by wherever you are right now, and that wherever you are right now can make a difference in someone's here and someone's eternity. Everything changes when we realize that what we do here changes there and then and then and that. Wherever we go, wherever we are, whoever we're with, we are here. Here, here Youth is, uh, is the name of our youth group, is Here Youth. And, and honestly, I know, like, it's kind of one of those things that you kind of hear, like, each, each youth group has their own name, and is that really necessary? What does it really mean? What does it do? And all that kind of stuff. And, and really, it, it just, I, my idea behind it is it, I hope it forces us in a direction. And, and I know, I get it, Here Youth is a weird name for a youth group, uh, I get that, <laughs> and I know that, uh, but the more I got to know the culture of Southwest Community Church and, and our church here at Terwilliger Community Church, and the more I got to know the youth of our churches, I realized that we have a youth culture that wants to be authentic, authentic to who God has made them to be. They want to be authentically who they are with one another. They want to be accepted, they want to be loved, they want to be appreciated for their individuality. And more so, they have this hunger to be authentic followers of Jesus Christ, to bring his light wherever they go. And really, it's a unique challenge that we have with our youth group as we partner two churches together. We don't want there to ever be a competition between the two We don't want there to ever be like a pull or an elevating over one over the other or to make one group feel like they belong more than the other group. So I knew when we were coming up with the name of this youth group, I wanted to express that togetherness, that partnership that our churches have. One that says, as we all should, regardless of church or denomination, that we are for Christ and his kingdom nothing else. That's, that's our main priority. And I also realize that in our culture, in the same way, we are having this battle, this struggle for our attention. 
We are struggling with really being present in the moments that we have, the here and the now. Like, I don't know about you guys, but I know when I go out for, like, dinner with my wife, Lara, and we're, like, we're sitting down, and it's so easy just to pull out your phone from your pocket and just start texting or, or just start playing a game or going on social media and not really being present with the person that you're actually with, to not really converse face-to-face and prioritize our, our relationships with people just over our phone as opposed to meeting up with them and really doing life with them. It's such a challenge to be present. And, and we see that through what we're seeing with the world around us. We're seeing people struggling with loneliness even more now than ever before. At least that's what the statistics are showing, is that people are really struggling with loneliness. And as Christians... This is the other kind of struggle here, is as Christians, we're being pulled by the world to conform to the ideals of the world like never before. And, and we see this with recent laws and even the intolerance, the growing intolerance towards the church and what we stand for. I see this battle being played out, especially with our younger generations. I keep hearing their struggle as they want to feel like they belong at school. And they want, that, they want to believe what God's word has to say. And they want to live that out in their day-to-day life. And yet the world is telling them, no, no, that's not the way you're supposed to believe. That's not the way you're supposed to live. It is quite a struggle, and I, and I think even for us out in the regular workplace or, or if we go to school or college or university, whatever it might be, we feel that struggle as well. So as we were coming up uh, with this name for our youth, we tried to take a stab at something that really this younger generation of Christians is really wanting to say and what we want to say about them, that they are a movement. They are a force for the kingdom of God and that they will be a group of believers who will bring Jesus here, wherever here may be. It really is a call that we have as a church to love in the here and the now. And as we know, walk, and share Jesus, we do so by being here, present in the moment, in the reality of the struggle between darkness and light. And yet we know as Christians that light will conquer all, as it says in the Gospel of John. John 1, uh, 1 to 5, it'll be on the screens here, but you can go ahead and turn there in your Bible if you want to. Uh, This is what it talks about, the light and the darkness here. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made, and without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Jesus has conquered and will continue to conquer. Amen? We know that whatever this life throws at us, we know that we can cling to the one who defeated sin and death. This is the powerful message of our passage that was already read by grace. That God's love is the force which we bring to the world, and we bring love to a dark and hopeless world, and we restore light, and we restore hope because of what Jesus has already done and accomplished. 
Let's go through our main text one more time uh, and really just kind of soak it in. And I really want your, your attention to focus in on what this passage has to say about love, because that really is our key thing this morning. Let's read it here. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. This passage is so good. It's so rich in the truths of this life. And if we miss what's getting dropped here by John in these passages, we're going to miss out on what true life is and what your life can be. Love is powerful. It has the potential to shape lives. It can meld the brokenhearted and heal the sick and the lonely. Love extends open hands to the world around us and helps people see the three-dimensional nature that this world is built around. That we are created in love. We are meant to be loved and we must love to truly live. God's love constantly reaches out. It never relents in its pursuit of the beloved. This morning, I want to challenge you to see that God's love is a love uh, that calls us to action. An action for the here and the now. Let's look at the first uh, half of the passage on the screen. When I first read this passage, my mind kind of got stuck on the first part. The part about being born of God. And that knowing piece. But as I read it over a few times, it kind of reminded me of another weird passage that we've read in the Gospels. That talks about being born again. Jesus has this weird conversation with Nicodemus. And I say weird because, man, I tell you, I don't know about you guys. When you read the Bible, for me, when I read it and I see what Jesus is saying to people, I'm like, what are you talking about? What are you actually trying to get at? What are you trying to communicate? Jesus has this just weird approach to life. And he has this weird approach to seeing things different than the rest of us. And this conversation takes place in John's gospel with Nicodemus. Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the spirit. So back to our original passage in 1 John, he is talking about this being born again when he talks about being of love and loving one another. John proposes that when we are born again, we are born to be forces of love in the world. It is through us knowing Jesus as our Savior that it changes everything about the Christian life. And it leads us to love. It's like a chain reaction that takes place when we understand 
God's love. And when we actually experience that in our life, it, it causes us to go out and love. It's a chain reaction. And I'll talk a little bit more about that a little bit later. In verse 9 of our passage, uh, it, it, John is talking about how God truly shows us what love looks like. He, he showed it through Jesus. He gave his one and only son that we might live through him. Jesus stepped down from his throne and lived and dwelt among us. And through that time, he lived a perfect life that none of us could have lived and died a sacrificial death on all of our behalf so that we may truly live. It's what we celebrate and experience and and go through every Easter. And what I find so amazing about the word live in John's passage there is that John uses, he could have used a couple different words for live in Greek, but the word he used is zeo, which means to live, breathe, and be among the living. Not lifeless and dead, but to really enjoy life, to have that true life. Zeo means active, it means blessed, it means endless in the kingdom of God. That is the life that we have. That, that's, that's the one that's been won and claimed on the cross and realized in the resurrection. We have life to the fullest, as it says in the Gospel of John 10.10. 10. And I don't know about you, but verses like this, it, it honestly gets me excited. It starts stirring up my spirit. It starts getting me excited to go and do our Christian life out in the world. It reminds me of the life, the hope, and the truth that we have found in Jesus as Christians. One that we don't have to wait to go to heaven to experience what that life is. For Jesus said he came and brought the kingdom of heaven down to earth. That's what he says in Luke 17, 21. We live in a new reality when we know Jesus. We live in the reality that God is with us now through the presence of his spirit in our life. So we don't have to live this life on our own, but through the strength of God with us. That's what John says in verse 9. We live through him. We live through him. This is something that we forget. At least I know I do at times. We need to remember that we don't do this life on our own. We don't face the challenges and the consequences of this life on our own, but with Jesus. So when the world right now is challenging us and trying to back us into a corner, saying you can't proclaim truth anymore, you can't preach your message of hope out in public, we need to stand firm on the rock, knowing that we don't even defend ourselves. God is a mighty lion who fights our battles for us. We just go to him and say, Abba, Father, this is your fight. Give us the strength to overcome it. This is why in the most hopeless of situations, we have and claim the hope and, that, and we claim the hope that is found in Jesus alone. And we push through to the heart of the situation, no matter what struggle it is, no matter what battle it is, no matter what confrontation it might be, we just push to the heart of it and we bring love. We bring Jesus. Even when, we're re- when we reach the extent of our own love, our own patience, no matter what we need, we go to Jesus and he will fill us up with his love. So that we can extend beyond whatever we could ever hope, ask for, or imagine. There's a common saying, I'm sure you guys have heard it. 
And, and it's honestly true when you kind of break it down and you think about it. But I think it should be probably reworded to help us understand this truth that John is telling us. The saying is, God won't give us more than we can handle. I think he will, actually. I think he'll give us way more than we could ever handle on our own. Because I think really what he wants us to do is he wants us to rely on him. So what I mean by rewarding it is this. God will give us more than we could ever handle on our own so that we are pushed to rely on his strength and not our own. In tough circumstances of my life that that I've faced, I've found I have often reached the end of my strength, my patience, my knowledge, my love. And it is when I'm pushed to my knees in prayer that I was forced to rely on a strength that is far beyond what I could ever muster or produce or hope to have. I have found a strength and comfort and a love that sustains me and holds me together. And it's not my love, it's Jesus. It's him in me. This is why in verse 10 it talks about how we cannot know love without knowing God. We can't know true love without knowing the true God. God is the author and giver of all good things. God's currency is love and he gives without reproach. I love how John finishes up this section. Let's reread it. It'll be on the screen here. It starts in verse 11. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. In this verse, John gets to the center point of his whole letter. Not just our passage today, but the whole letter of 1 John. This is his main point that he's making. He's claiming it's a chain reaction that can change the entire world. When we experience God's love, all of a sudden we can't help ourselves but go and be loved to other people. When we experience God's love, all of a sudden we just have this endless fountain of love that we can pour out on another person. Even when they're being mean to us, even when they're being rude to us, it it just happens. God's love is just constantly welling up in us when we're relying on him. When we're going to him for his love. God's love causes us to love the world around us. That's the chain reaction. And we do this with our entire being because we know the difference and the change. We've experienced it that his love can bring. It is something that cannot be helped. We can't help but love people. We we love people when they are kind to us. And even when they hate us, we respond in and with love regardless of the situation. It's amazing the impact that Jesus has on us. Finally, in verse 12, we see the results of what this life of love does. By us loving one another, it shows God to the people around us because the invisible God lives in us and he is made visible when we love. That's honestly my favorite part of the whole sermon. I'm going to read it one more time. 
what we see the result of what this life of love does by us loving one another. It shows God to the people around us because the invisible God lives in us and is made visible when we love. How many people do you know that need to know God? How many people do you know that they're just desperate for something and we know the answer, it's Jesus? This emphasizes the importance of being Jesus' hands and feet in the world. Here and now, no matter where here is. This is the call of the church broad. This is also the call of the church local. And why we are called here youth. So what about us individually? What does this mean for you today? What does this mean for you right now in this moment? We'll have a few questions I want you to kind of reflect on and, and for us to think on and, and think through. Questions that each of us have to answer for no other reason other than to do a heart check with God. It's only three questions. I'll read them out one by one. I want to ask you, uh, as I go through them, I just encourage you to close your eyes. Really actually reflect on it. Really think about it. Really focus on talking to God as you work through these. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to, I'm going to read them and I'm going to give you space in between each question just to really pray and ask God, okay, how am I doing with this? Where is this at in my life? So go ahead and close your eyes. I'll, I'll read the first one. How has God's love transformed you? How has God's love transformed you? Secondly, how has God's love called you to action in the past week, in the last month? How has God's love called you into action? And thirdly, how do people around you see God through your love? How do people around you see God through your love? You can go ahead and open your eyes. I want to I work through these questions a little bit with you. Um, how has God's love transformed you? Th- this passage makes clear that God's love transforms us inside and out. It helps us to know that we don't do this life alone. It it begins a realization that this life found in Christ is one that brings fullness, joy, and hope, and purpose to each and every day. Because each day is an opportunity to live out love. The one and only thing that can bring about change and hope to the world, period. End of sentence. It's God's love that changes everything. And God is true love. So how has God's love transformed you? Well, a very clear way to see that God's love has transformed you is what my second question was. It's how has God's love called you to action? Because whenever we experience anything in this world, it changes us. It, it, It does something inside us. And God's love is completely like that. 
So how has God's love called you to action? I remember one of my mentors in college asked me an amazing question, which encouraged me when I began doubting what God's call on my life was. The question was, what gets you excited? What's the thing that energizes you? What makes you, Quinn, want to get up every day and shoot out of bed and go and do it? For me back then, and still to this day, it's to reach the younger generation with God's message of hope and love. That's why I I love doing youth ministry. It's what God has called me to do. But that's me. What, What about you? When you think about something, what what gets you excited? What makes you want to go and and, and sell everything to pursue doing? I've been watching Shark Tank lately. How many of you guys have seen that program? Or maybe Dragon's Den or something like that. Maybe you've heard of it. Hopefully you've heard of it. Otherwise, this is going to make no sense. Uh, (laughs) and, And the sharks, these investors, if you haven't seen it, they're always looking for a potential investment. They're looking for people to pour money into to really make more money, right? And so what they're looking for in their, in their investments is entrepreneurs who are committed, who, who've committed their life savings, who've committed their time and their energy into whatever they're doing. That's what they look for. That's the people they want to invest in. I believe God has created all of us with that something. That something that God has called us to go and do. And we're going to do it with all our, all our life, with all our energy, with all our love, with all our passion. We're just going to go and do that. Because that's the something that God has given us. So what action has God called you to go and do. Because he, he's created that in you. Each and every single one of us. I guarantee it. And it will cause you. And this is the powerful thing. When you start doing that thing that God has called you to do. All of a sudden you are going to go and love people genuinely. You're, you're going to love people more wholeheartedly. You're going to do everything with all of your being. Because that is who God has created you to be. And it's just going to flow out of you. So what's the thing that God has created in you? And then finally, how do people around you see God through your love? When we start living out that that zeo, that true life, people will see Jesus through you. You suddenly become that bright light in the world, just shining everywhere. Drawing people to him and making a difference wherever you go. Why? Because you are pushing back the darkness. And you are revealing hope to the world. The hope that is found in Jesus Christ. This is our call as Christians. And this is our call as a youth group. To be here, present, wherever we are. To bring Jesus there because he lives in us. And he is made visible through us loving the people around us. So wherever you go, he's there as well. The call of our church at Terwilliger Community Church is to know Jesus, to walk with Jesus, and to share Jesus. A call to love in the here and the now. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your word. 
I thank you for the way that it, it just speaks to us still to this day, Lord God. There, there is something powerful about the way that it calls us into action, Lord. The way that it actually speaks to our very being. And God, I thank you for the fact that you've placed inside each and every single one of us that something. The something that if we go and do it, it's going to change the world around us. It's going to change hearts and lives of the people that we encounter. And God, we, we want to be your children here on this earth. We want to be part of your kingdom. And, and we want to be advancing your kingdom wherever we go, Lord. Because we know that, Jesus, you, you make all the difference in the world. So, God, we just, we just come to you with open hands and we say, God, we don't, we don't have a lot. But, God, whatever we have may it be used for your kingdom's sake. God, may we take the, the call and the challenge that you've laid before us to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. May we take that great commission and live it out because you really care about each and every single person in this world, Lord God. And you care about each and every single person in, in our worlds. So may we go and reach them for your kingdom's name and for your kingdom's sake. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Everyone said?